Welcome to another edition of San Luis Valley Voices, a production of SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley. Without further ado, enjoy the program. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is proud to sponsor the monthly Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast, highlighting member businesses, events, and organizations. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce exists to promote businesses and events in the Monta Vista area. They serve its members and the community at large by planning and hosting many local events, social media promotions, advertising, and help to improve community relations and communications among the residents and guests of the Monta Vista area. Their mission is to advance a sustainable business environment and improve the quality of life for the community. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is located at 947 First Avenue in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-2731. That's 719-852-2731. Or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. That's montavistachamber.org. And check back at the beginning of every month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight Podcast. Coming up on this podcast are three special interviews that all tie together in regards to the new Sky High Complex and Event Center in Monta Vista. The first is the July 2021 Chamber of Commerce Business of the Month, Alcon Construction, featuring President Brian Cook. Following that is the July Featured Business of the Month, Spencer Architect Studio, with partner and principal architect Don Spencer, partner and marketing director Andrea Spencer, and associate Andrea Bachman. And wrapping up this podcast is the featured organization for July, the Sky High Stampede Committee, with President Greg Metz, treasurer Eric Kimberling, and historian Charlie Bird. Please enjoy this fun and informative podcast. I'm Adam, and this is the Monte Vista Chamber of Commerce Business Spotlight Podcast for July 2021. A leader in providing exceptional construction services, that's Alcon Construction. They focus on making their customers' vision a reality, establishing lasting relationships, providing excellent employment opportunities, and positively impacting the future of our communities. To find out more about their mission, vision, future plans, and more, we got together with Brian Cook. Brian is the president of Alcon. Brian, welcome to SL Voices, sir. Thank you. First, let's briefly get your story. Where are you originally from, and how did you end up here in the San Luis Valley? So, Adam, I was born and raised in Alamosa. My mom was raised on the western slope, Montrose and Delta, the Olathe area. My dad was in California as a youngster, and his dad moved them out, and uh, that was my dad and both he and his brother, my uncle, who originated Alcon Construction. So they moved out from California in the, I believe, the early 70s. My parents met here. My mom was going to Adams State College at the time. So they met here, and I've been born and raised here, and my family's being raised here, and we've just loved the valley. It's a great place to be, isn't it? Yeah. And we love it here, too. Well, tell me a little bit about your past, your history. Have you always worked for Alcon or done other things too? I was um, raised as a youngster in the business with uh, both my family, my parents, and uh, my uncle and his family and several cousins working summers and different times for the family business. In 1998, 
it was kind of a little bit of a point in time where I needed to step into a different role, either try something else. My uh, body was not doing well with the construction or I wasn't taking care of my body well enough for it. Understand. So my wife and I, we just had gotten married. We started an equipment rental business, which was Alamosa General Rental Center. So we did that. We ran that business for about 10 years, and then we had the opportunity to sell it as uh, Alcon Construction had an opportunity to come back. Uh, In 2008, we sold that business, and we started back with Alcon Construction. And I've been basically back here. I've had opportunities to go do some framing in different places, did some framing out in Colorado Springs, and I've chased some work out of town just a little bit, but I realized pretty fast that I liked being home. I understand that. Do you have any particular hobbies or special interests, things you like to do in your off time? My wife and I have six kids, so we stay plenty busy trying to enjoy our family and entertaining the kids and raising the kids, and so we really enjoy that. We do some boating. In fact, we just were out at the lake last weekend, and we really enjoy that, so that's good family time for us, and we like to do that also as an extended family. A lot of times, our whole family will go my parents, my brother and sister, and his kids, as well as my sister. So uh, that's a good opportunity for all of us to recreate together and enjoy each other's company. Outside of that, I really enjoy business, learning more, going to seminars, stuff like that. It's a continual learning process, isn't yeah. it? Because regulations change, other things change constantly, so you have to keep up on all of that, don't you? Yeah, it's a very fast, uh, evolving, I guess, scene these days. Things change fast, and you got to keep up. Sure, I get that. Well, Alcon Construction is the Monte Vista Chamber of Commerce's Business of the Month for July, so congratulations. Thank you. We appreciate that. Well, let's talk about Alcon first. What is your mission and vision? Our mission and vision really is to provide that service that people need here, commercial, industrial, and agricultural construction. We want to take the customer's vision and turn it into a reality, so we love to meet with our clients and customers and uh, get a picture of what they have in mind, whether they've already got it designed or whether they need help getting that vision designed. Mm-hmm get through that design process and move on to uh, getting their vision built into a reality. We like to do our best, provide a quality product, provide a good value. Uh, It's really important to us that we provide our customers with a good value these days, as it always has been. Part of being in the Valley and enjoying the lifestyle that we have here is dealing with great people and having great relationships. It's amazing that even in this day and age, we still do quite a few pretty good-sized projects with a very simple one-page contract or almost a handshake still. Wow, that's (laughs) great. Yeah, it's pretty good. Speaking of history, tell me when Alcon actually first began and how. And it's also, if I'm not mistaken, tied into Alamosa Concrete. Correct. So I am second generation, so there may be some details that I don't have that you might have got out of first generation. So as I mentioned earlier, my grandpa moved out with uh, several of his kids, which are my uncles and aunts and my dad, early 70s. My dad didn't come out for a couple years. When he finally did, they were all working together, my dad and his two brothers and my grandpa. They were doing some concrete work and some framing and trying to work. I think they were working for some uh, low-income housing developments. And the paperwork was a little much for my grandpa, and he kind of said, look, I'm going to take the carpentry tools, you guys take the concrete tools, and I'm going to do some framing, you guys go do whatever you want. So at that time, 1974, I believe, my uncle Alan and my father Dave created Alcon Construction, and they had a handful of concrete tools and a pickup truck. That was 1974, and they worked their tails off. 
A lot of the industry is agricultural, and so they got used to hard deadlines in September, getting ready for harvest and working hard through the summers, getting product done by harvest and ready for potatoes or whatever the crop may be. And so they kind of earned their keep that way and earned a good reputation. They worked hard. They you know, were good, honest people. And, and so they started there. Very simple. You got some very humble beginnings, don't you? Yeah. Well, obviously, you've come a long way since those days. Can you briefly touch on some of the services you currently offer? Pre-construction, there's management, structural steel, pre-engineered metal buildings, concrete work, even crane services. So, wow, you've grown. We have. As our customers' needs have changed and as opportunities have opened up for us to grow, we've continued to grow. We are and always have been a family-run operation. We still have several family members, immediate family members within the organization, and we feel like our employees are part of our extended family. So we like to treat them that way and operate that way, and I think that helps us attract great people and and continue to grow. We have kind of morphed. We started out doing concrete in the beginning. Then we started doing metal buildings. And then as we started doing the metal buildings and the concrete, and particularly in the agricultural industry, we started needing to add the garage door. And then we could create the envelope and kind of a turnkey building, so to say, for our farmer clients and uh, agricultural customers. As we continue to be able to provide that and continue to take on more capacity and get more employees, we've been able to start adding in full scope services for the interior finishes on those projects. Mm -hmm. So we started working with subcontractors for framing and drywall and painting and plumbing and electrical. Started turning out a full turnkey project and that really led us into general contracting. And so as opportunities have opened up, we've started doing a lot more general contracting. That's almost become a larger part of our business than even concrete and metal buildings and structural steel, which we still do a very large amount of that. That's still the roots and kind of the core of our business, but the bigger portion of our business has become general contracting, mostly commercial and industrial. And we still do quite a bit of agricultural. The crane services has been something we've added. It's a great service and it is a really good complement to our metal building work. So it kind of has made sense for us to go ahead and add that. Garage doors has become almost a business within itself. Initially, it was just an extra piece to complete the puzzle for our customers. Mm -hmm. However, we do thousands of garage door service calls now per year, and we have a crew just full-time running around fixing, repairing, and selling and installing new garage doors. So we stay very busy with that as well. So what you're telling me is not only are you basically a full-service company here, what you're doing, but you're also working with other contractors in the Valley. So you're really creating a lot more business for a lot more people than just internal for Alcon Construction. Correct. We work with many, many subcontractors in the Valley, your specialty contractors, electricians, plumbers, drywall, framers, you know, you name it. We have worked with probably most of them. We also, because we still do concrete and steel structures as part of our business, we sometimes work for other general contractors as a subcontractor. So we're still pretty diverse that way. I guess for us, we feel like it's a little bit of a way to try to keep our guys close to home so that they can get home to their families most evenings and not have to live their lives on the road. So we take pride in that. That is great. Can you tell me about some of your more memorable past projects? There's many. I'll pick out a couple that have been maybe kind of uh, landmarks for us as we've grown. We've put up so many buildings around the valley. It's such a source of pride as we're driving down the road or as, you know, my wife and myself and the kids or something, I could point out, hey, we built that or I remember building that. 
We could tell little stories. That's really fun. That's great. But a couple that really stand out for me, one would be the terminal at the Alamosa Airport. We were the general contractor for that. And it's a beautiful addition that they did, especially compared to the old terminal. It was night and day difference. Oh, it is, yeah. So that's really a neat building to drive by and say that we were a part of. Just even as we talk, there's so many. I hope I don't offend anybody by leaving their project out because we've done we've been a part of some really neat ones. Mm-hmm. But another one that was a really big one for us and really kind of helped us start gaining the bonding capacity and understanding how to run our business in such a way that we could do the larger projects was the Adam State University's uh, Bubble Dome, the High Altitude Event Center. Mm -hmm. And so being able to build that project, it was a very unique project. Those domes are only sourced in a few spots around the country. We really had to do a lot of work to put that one together, to understand how to build it, to put the teams together, to actually inflate it. We were able to put together several students from the college to temporarily come volunteer and help us stretch out the tarp. is a really neat, coordinated effort. Mm -hmm. Those two really stand out for me as a kind of landmark projects for us as they were larger projects for us at the time and just helped us to build it on our company and reach another level. I would think, obviously, the biggest project you're currently involved with is the Sky High Complex. That is correct. That's a wonderful building, and it's looking great going up. Tell me about this. We've been working with the Sky High group and the chamber and many different individuals involved, the city of Monta Vista, for a couple of years. Spencer Architects as well. We initially competed in a uh, process that selected a general contractor, design-build general contractor, Mm -hmm. and uh, we teamed up with Spencer Architects to chase it. We were selected and successful at that, and so we're very grateful to be a part of it. It is an awesome project. It has had its challenges, but we're really excited to be a part of it. I feel like when we get to the end of it and cut the ribbon, so to say, or attend the next uh, concert or rodeo at the Stampede, uh, it's going to be such a great feeling. Understanding that we went through that in the year of COVID, many, many challenges have cropped up through the process. Funding became an issue when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Contracts had to be spaced out. Contracts had to be piecemealed instead of one large contract. We did it in, I believe it's five separate contracts that we had to keep working with what was available and continue to work through the process. Just the fact that we're able to have the flexibility to do that, keep working with all the involved groups and continue to keep progress moving throughout this last year, to me, is just amazing. It is. And yes, I think it's a beautiful project. I'm super excited to be a part of it. Very excited to attend this year's Stampede and be the first time to open that big event in there again. And um, just really proud that we were selected. We really appreciate that. It's going to be a, a really monumental achievement considering what's gone on this last year and a half. I absolutely agree. Well, funny thing you mentioned it, uh, Spencer Architecture is actually a part of this podcast as well, and the Sky High Committee. And I can tell you, everybody's excited about the building itself, and of course, the uh, stampede coming up in late July. I think people can't wait to get in and see the building. Obviously, living in Monta Vista, I've been watching and drive by, and it's just amazing. So you guys have done an awesome job on it so far. Appreciate that. Thank you. What is the biggest challenge your firm is facing right now? A quick easy one is material prices. 
Everybody's, I'm sure, hearing about lumber and OSB and all the different things that are going up, but we're seeing it across the board. PVC and plumbing components are increasing in price. Copper, electrical components are increasing in price. Not only just price, but also availability. Supply chain is slow, inconsistent, and so those create challenges, especially projects that we're under contract for already. We have to work with the owners or the clients to work through those challenges and see how we can come to a a solution that works for everybody. Sometimes there's not much we can do about it. Sometimes there is, and so we do our best to negotiate those and figure out those challenges and see how we can still get our project done and still accomplish what the owner or the client wants. Are you dealing with any labor shortages too? We do. I believe that's a challenge for most everybody anymore. So I guess I kind of forget that that's a challenge because that's just life anymore. We have hired several people this year and it's very challenging sometimes to get people excited to come out and work when we've made it a little too easy for them not to. So that that's a challenge. We do have a pretty consistent recruiting effort. That's something that my sister oversees. She does a lot of recruiting and we've had decent success still getting employees and hiring the people that we need. We could use more skilled people. I think that's a gap in the market. It's probably going to take quite a while to correct. Just like we mentioned before, we're adapting our business to do more training. That's just part of this day. So you don't just bring them in, you train them too. Yes, that's a continuous, constant effort. Is there a common misconception or preconceived notion about Alcon construction you'd like to dispel? Well, one sticks out to me, and it's pretty funny sometimes that we get calls from people that say, we did not know you do garage doors. So I think it's still kind of this idea that Alcon's out there and Alcon does concrete and metal buildings. We really have become, as you've mentioned, kind of a full-service shop for construction. We do garage doors. We do general contracting. We do a lot more than just metal buildings and concrete. At the end of the day, on a professional level, what drives you to do what you do? I think being raised in an entrepreneurial family and in a family of hard workers, I was just, I guess, bitten by the uh, hard work ethic that my parents and my uncle had and, and that the company that they built. I would learned to appreciate that very young. And so I've always worked hard. I really prided myself in that. And I think our whole company does. That's, that's a source of pride around here. We work hard. We do our best to provide our clients with what they want. And so when I think about what drives me, one, I'm going to be busy doing something. Mm-hmm. I want it to make an impact. I want it to matter. When I think about how hard the first generation had to work to build this company, really on their backs and through some really tough economic times and they've stuck it out and they've created a really good foundation to have a successful business here in the valley then it really drives me to keep that legacy going to keep the success to be responsible with the company's uh, financial assets and wherewithal and to uh, be a good employer we now employ i believe 60 employees roughly And so when I think about the amount of meals that are getting put on tables at night and the lives that we're touching, I just feel a huge responsibility to do the right thing, to be successful in business so that we can continue to uh, provide for kind of our extended family.
as we've discussed, it's not just the people here, too. You're affecting lives outside, the contractors and other people that you're bringing in to work on particular projects. So it's a huge impact. Yeah, that really drives me. It's a huge source of pride for me. I'm able to work with my family and the people I love every day, and so I enjoy that. I know sometimes it's challenging, but we've pretty much uh, figured out our ways to work together and how to deal with our difficulties, but uh, I'm able to be close to my family while we work, and, and that's a real big thing to me. I'm able to work with my wife, and I appreciate that. Ryan, why do you believe local businesses should join the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce? What do you see as the uh, benefit for businesses that are members? So I think when we all work together, everybody, I think, has something to give and to teach. I'm constantly looking to learn and to improve myself as well as our company in any way I can. When we can all work together and come together for common goals and interests and help each other out, and um, be able to support other businesses as well as a general larger cause. I think there's a huge benefit in that. Building relationships with other businesses, with other community members, and being able to understand what they do and refer others you know, to them, and that goes vice versa. So I always believe that comes back, and I just believe that's a big benefit to anybody. Brian, anything else you'd like to mention, sir? Well, I'd just like to thank you for coming out here today. Thank you for uh, giving Alcon an opportunity to be Business of the Month. We appreciate that. We uh, would like people to know that for their larger projects, uh, we still do small projects, but you know, as any of the larger projects, we really pride ourselves in being local. We try to do our best to support local, and we really appreciate it when others do. So when your needs come around for general contracting, concrete, metal buildings, doors, or just general construction services in the commercial, industrial, or agricultural industries, we would sure appreciate the opportunity to serve you. Well, it's obvious why you're a leader in providing exceptional construction services. Brian, thank you for your time, sir. Thank you very much, Adam. Planning a new building or home? Looking to expand or revamp an existing structure? Spencer Architecture Studio in Alamosa can help with all of your architecture, planning, and project management needs. When you're in need of a full-service practice concentrating in architecture, planning, and project management, reach out to Spencer Architecture Studio, LLC, right here in Alamosa. To find out about their mission, vision, future plans, and a whole lot more, we got together with Don Spencer. Don is a partner and the principal architect. We're also meeting with Andrea Bachman. Andrea is an associate here. And also Andrea Spencer, partner and marketing director. Welcome to SL Voices, everybody. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And let's go around the table briefly and get everybody's story. Don, we'll start with you. Where are you originally from and how did you end up here on the San Luis Valley? I'm from Texas originally and uh, West Texas specifically. Spent many years there. Had an office in Austin, Texas for 10 years in the 70s and then moved on to San Francisco where I had an office in architecture firm for 25 years in downtown San Francisco. Mm -hmm. About 10 years ago, decided to move to a simpler place and uh, quieter environs and came back to my old stomping grounds, which I used to visit when I was a youngster in early adulthood. And so I have a history here of visiting for the most part, but decided to come here and and semi-retire, which didn't turn out the way that I expected it to. I got so busy that we're busier than we've ever been. It's a good thing, right? Yeah. Any particular hobbies, special interests? What do you like to do in your off time? Well, in off time, I love to ride motorcycles. And we have a couple of motorcycles, and we keep one in Texas, and we keep one here. So we do a lot of that. We love to travel. We go to Europe frequently, and traveling is big in our lives as well. 
Andrea, how about you? I grew up in New Jersey, near the New Jersey shore. Went to college in Philadelphia, Villanova University. I got a nursing degree there, bachelor's of nursing. So in my previous life, I did some pediatric nursing for many years. Lived in various states and came to Colorado about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And several years ago, I met Don, and that's what brought me to the San Luis Valley. What about your off time? Special interests, hobbies? Well, with Don, we do the motorcycle riding. We also like to travel. I like to cook and read, and we have a dog named Hank that we spend lots of time with. i got to ask, what kind of motorcycles? We have an Indian motorcycle, Chieftain, and also a Harley-Davidson V-Rod. Very good. Rounding out the table here is um, Andrea Bachman. Andrea, what about you? Where are you from, and how did you end up here? I was born in Colorado and raised in Idaho and went to school at the University of Idaho, where I got my Bachelor's of Architecture. And then after graduating, um, was needing a little bit of a break from the field and was interested in coming back to Colorado and found myself in a volunteer position for the Rio Grande Headwaters Restoration Project. Oh, good. Yeah, it was great. I was there for about two and a half years. At that time, yeah, found myself missing architecture and was walking around Alamosa and found Don and struck up a conversation with him and ultimately ended up here at Spencer Architecture Studio and have been here ever since. And it's been awesome. Hobbies, special interests, what do you like to do in your off time? When I'm away from my desk, you can probably find me there on the trails on my mountain bike, hiking, and I also enjoy painting as well. Outdoor kind of things. This is Colorado after all, right? Absolutely. What is it about architecture that's such a draw to you? I think for me, at least at this point in my career, I you know, have really enjoyed making a positive impact here in the community. Either you know, if that's like a commercial building and making a positive work environment for folks, or you know, if that's a home project, these are really intimate spaces for folks. So we get to know our clients on a really personal level. And relationships are really important to me. So I've really enjoyed my work in that sense. And also just, you know, beautifying our community, I think, is a cool way to give back. Very good. Well, Spencer Architecture Studio, LLC, is one of the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce's featured businesses for the month of July. So congratulations, everybody. Let's talk about your business first. What is your mission and vision? Our mission and vision focuses around practicing architecture with excellence in design and sustainability, having personal relationships with our clients, and treating our clients as number one in the relationship. We want to bring an awareness to the community about architecture. We're some of the few architects in the area, and we have a desire to show our devotion to excellence in design and to people's awareness of what we do in our firm. Can you give me a brief history of your firm here, such as when you first began? Uh, we began in uh, 1977 in Austin, Texas. I actually grew up in an architectural family. My father was an architect. I was working in an office with him at age 10, so I like to say that I've probably been practicing architecture for 70 years, but that shows you a little bit how old I am. That's an exaggeration. I grew up in it. My father was an architect, a successful Texas architect. We started together in 1977, and we're in Austin, Texas for 10 years. And then after his retirement, I moved to San Francisco, California, and had a firm there for 25 years, practicing there in the Bay Area and in Monterey Peninsula in Southern California. Moved back here 10 years ago and have kind of picked up and started over with new focus to address the rural needs of rural architecture in an area that's sort of underserved. And it's just been very satisfying to come back to a smaller rural area. So you bring all that knowledge and those years of experience to the San Luis Valley. Well, I like to think so. We try. It's wonderful to be here. 
We love the environment. We love the outdoors, and it's, we just find it a wonderful place to live. We've been very happy with the move. What does AIA in your title mean? That's the American Institute of Architects. It's an uh, organization of uh, professional registered architects in the United States. For instance, my title is Don Spencer AIA, and when you see AI behind someone's name, it says two things. They're a registered architect with the states that they practice in, as well as a member of the organization, which sort of supports and educates the general public about architecture. It helps you stay up to date on things and changes. Right. There's many resources with AIA. We have conventions. We have a lot of continuing education, which we're required to do as licensed architects. The states require that, so AIA provides a lot of the continuing education opportunities that we take advantage of. Tell me about some of your most memorable past projects. I guess my most memorable for me personally and our firm for our history here is a, a large high school in Austin, Texas we did about 35 years ago, Lake Travis High School outside of Austin, Texas. And it was sort of the one that really got us on the stage of having award-winning K-12 school construction. That one was one of the first ones that really kind of catapulted us into another arena. And with that, went on to California and did many more public K-12 schools. That one in particular, it was sort of trendsetting at the time. It's out in the Texas Hill Country on Lake Travis outside of Austin, Texas. The other one that we have right now is most memorable, I would say, for all of us here, is the Sky High Multi-Use Complex, Event Center and Conference Center. It's not memorable because it's still living and existing now, but it's been a very special project for us because of the community we live. So all those renderings and drawings that everybody's been seeing, that's your work. Yes, it's our work. Andrea Bachman is the expert at all the renderings that you see. Okay. She works in a program called SketchUp. And it's a large part of our business in the way that we present to the public and to present to our clients is her work in three-dimensional, which really benefits everyone to understand what these will look like eventually. And it's a great marketing tool, too. What is so special about this particular project? I think for all of us, we live here in the San Luis Valley, particularly Alamosa and Monte Vista. Mm -hmm. My wife, Andrea, and I live in Monte Vista. Andrea lives in Alamosa. It's the same area, the same wheelhouse. We live, work, our friends are here. And so we feel so fortunate to be involved in such an important project that brings new culture, new opportunities and experiences in a location which historically has just been so popular with the Valley. And we're trying to uh, be a part also of the future with it uh, in terms of what opportunities it brings for conferences and new events, not only Stampede, but other future conferences that we're trying to bring in. It's special for us in that sense that it sort of showcases who we are and what we can do as architects in a place that we live. Andrea, what about you? Well, I think the Sky High Complex project is so important to the San Luis Valley. Also, because of the excitement it brings for the folks that live here in even the wider Colorado region. The excitement just extends all over, I think, because next month is the big stampede event. So that brings a lot of excitement to the folks here. Uh, Andrea, what about you? I think Sky High has been such an awesome project to be a part of just because it's brought together so many community members from, you know, different facets of the communities in fundraising, the city of Monta Vista, us as architects, the engineers, you know, there's just been such a diverse group of folks who have come together to really make this happen. I think in the beginning, the community was a little bit unsure that a project of this scale could work in this community. 
and we made it happen as a group. And I think we should all be really proud of ourselves for the work that's been done. No, it's amazing. I've been watching for the progress. I'm sure we're all throughout the Valley excited that this is coming together. The other major project we're working on or very excited about is a new corporate office building for Friday Health Plans. Oh. Friday Health Plans is literally right across the street from us. We're designing a new three-story, 45,000-square-foot corporate office building that will be attached by a sky bridge to their existing building on Main Street in San Juan. We have, through the schematic conceptual phases, we're in the design development phases. We're working with a uh, contractor, H.W. Houston, from Pueblo to fast-track this operation. Friday is bringing in 400 new employees to Alamosa, which will be in this building we're designing now, and is set to open in late 2022. It's very exciting for us. It's exciting for the Valley, and obviously more so for Alamosa. It's the first new construction building of the scale this size, probably in close to 100 years on Main Street, right here in our backyard. That is an exciting one. We really enjoy working with the company. Their commitment to Alamosa as their corporate headquarters is very exciting for the entire community to bring in that amount of folks, which will need housing and all of the services that goes along with it. So it's a big investment in Alamosa. We are thrilled to be a part of that. That's awesome. Don, you know, you started in Texas, but you did a lot of work out in California, too. What drew you out there in the first place? The main reason I was drawn there, I had family there for the first part. Work opportunities, the school I mentioned earlier in Austin, gained some notoriety, and we were moving through doing important public school construction. And opportunities came out to go to San Francisco. I had lived there earlier in the 70s after college and worked as an intern architect in the early 70s in San Francisco. Loved it. Like I mentioned, I've traveled all over Europe and just found San Francisco as is an American city that really represented some of the beautiful things I loved about Europe and its architecture in general. Business-wise, it was schoolwork and school design, and we got so busy once we got there, we continued for 25 years. Had an office in downtown San Francisco, we had an office in Monterey, California, and in Long Beach. And so we went back and forth to three offices, and it was just a long period of a, a long run of school modernizations and new schools. What do you think is the biggest challenge that you all currently face? We have a number of them. The one that stands out the most for us now, particularly, we are so busy, is recruiting architecturally trained professional staff to work with the three of us. We have added a couple of more to our staff. We are always have the net out trying to bring in new folks to the San Luis Valley, mm-hmm. which is becoming easier to do because of the wonderful lifestyle and the simplicity of living here. I would say recruitment of talent and of colleagues to work with. The other one is hand-in-hand with it. We maintain a really close relationship with contractors in the contracting community here in the San Luis Valley. They're under stress for work as well in terms of backlog and their ability to recruit skilled labor and other folks that are knowledgeable about architecture and construction. So it's something that's working. It's a constant vision that we have to be able to keep the awareness of the work that we have. So we're challenged by that somewhat, but we're encouraged now that the economy's opened up and there's so much work going on for all of us, architecture and contracting, that uh, folks are discovering the San Luis Valley, and we're looking for them to come work with us. I don't think there's a lot of people leaving the cities. That's right. And I think that's a large part of it, too. And I think once they come down, we have some folks that were in Denver. A new person starting next week, for example, lives in Denver. 
loves the San Luis Valley and comes down and visits. We show them our projects, and it's attractive to folks to come to the area and kind of kick back the lifestyle, so to speak. Is there a common misconception or preconceived notion about your firm that you'd like to dispel? About our firm, I don't know of any particularly. Others may have. Architecture in general, I think one of the misconceptions, maybe it's more pointed in rural or smaller communities than it is the big cities, Mm -hmm. is that what do architects do? What do we do? How are we trained? What do we bring to the project? A large part of our work is a result of the requirements by the cities and local jurisdictions to have licensed professionals prepare drawings. That's one side. I think another maybe misconception is that architects are too expensive. Architects are very expensive and have their own preconceived notions about how uh, projects should look and how the delivery methods are for them. We don't fit into that category. We put our clients as number one. We have our own desires and goals for design and sustainability, but we look to our clients and their needs primarily. Many cases, I think clients will wonder, why do we need architects or engineers? I live in a county that doesn't require permits or architects or engineers. Mm -hmm. We're trying to show our worth and our value in those situations that we actually do provide cost-benefit added to projects and in many cases can save clients money through our experience with knowledge of the construction process. So it's kind of deep-rooted in terms of people's perception of architecture, what architects charge, and what architects do. We're always trying to share with folks what we really do. We're highly trained professionals. Andrea, for instance, went to architecture school for four years. She's been interning for four years. She's ready to take her license soon. So it's a significant amount of time goes into preparation for someone to actually become a licensed architect. And so we try to educate the public about that and what our value is. And of course, all your contact information will be on this podcast page. If people are interested in learning more, certainly stop by. All the different ways to reach out to you will be there. You mentioned something, I heard a word there, sustainability. You incorporate that even into what you're doing. Yes, everywhere that we can. We encourage sustainability. We're having increasing numbers of requests for solar and off-the-grid homes and residences. Primarily, Andrea works with a lot, and, and we all do here. But we feel an obligation in terms of our designs, in terms of material selection, and and the designs in general to incorporate sustainable features, building orientation, things as simple as that. And there are many ways to do it. And a lot of the modern new building codes that we work with have incorporated those in the last few years, which is really helpful for the public. That's one of our priorities, materials, material selection, and how it impacts the planet. Very good. At the end of the day, on a professional level, what drives you all to do what you do? Don, let's start with you. I just enjoy pleasing clients. That's always been one of my main reasons I like architecture. I love design. I love the whole process of architecture and design. Architecture is largely a business, which is another misconception. It's rather than an art. It is an art and a business. But I enjoy the whole process, communication with clients, delivering a successful project, and making the clients happy as a result of that. There's many ways to do that. You know, to go back to saying that we see the client as number one, the thing that really gets me excited is to complete a project and everyone is happy and we've delivered what the client needed in the time frame and cost that they needed it. 
Andrea, how about you? For me, I love working with Andrea and Don. They're both so creative and brilliant. They really make things happen around here. And also, just getting to know other folks in the community, whether it be, you know, people from nonprofit agencies or community leaders and just other people in the Valley that make everything so interesting here. Andrea? I do really enjoy like the creative problem solving side of architecture, getting to use my right brain on making spaces that are habitable for folks and that they enjoy being in. You know, I think we spend the majority of our lives indoors. And so having really nice spaces to be in is really important. And I also, like I touched on before, just really appreciate the relationships that we've built in this community through, you know, what we do. I have become good friends with some of our clients and it's just another really cool lens to get to know the valley and community through are these buildings that we inhabit. I am also on the Historic Preservation Board here in Alamosa and I'm the chair of that just joined recently back in September. That has also been a very interesting way to get to know the history of the valley and to also let it be known to visitors coming to the valley or those living here that, you know, this is a very special place and there's some important history here to be known. There's a lot of history here in the valley. Absolutely. If someone was interested in architecture and actually considering becoming an architect, what would you recommend the first thing they do? I would say, you know, don't be shy coming into our office or any architect's office. We all, for the most part, love what we do. So we're going to really enjoy talking to you about our most current projects and how we got into the field. You know, on top of that, there are many like free tools out there to just get your feet wet. Don mentioned SketchUp before. You can find that free online. And that's just an awesome tool to play around with, whether you're redesigning your living room, you know, to your taste or a tiny home or whatever it may be to figure out if if that's something you're interested in. Depending on where you're at, if you're in high school, if there are classes you can take that will prepare you for the profession, whether that's art classes, math classes, physics classes, or even introduction to building technology, those are great. There are also many opportunities to study architecture and undergraduate programs, so finding a program that fits your interest, I think, is a great place to start. Very good. Why do you believe local organizations should join the Monte Vista Chamber of Commerce? In other words, what do you see as the benefits of being a member? I think the Chamber of Commerce, the Monte Vista Chamber of Commerce, would provide a platform for you to expose what your firm does and also create relationships. Again, I think that's one of the takeaways from what we're seeing here is relationships and building relationships with clients with the city officials, with different organizations that surround us in the Valley. So I think the relationships are really important and it's exposure too. I think the exposure with the Chamber of Commerce is vitally important to a small boutique firm like us. We appreciate having the opportunity to get involved. That is the number one answer, by the way, of all the people I've talked to over the last couple of years, the ability to network and get to know other people. Is there anything else that any of you would like to mention? We really, as Andrea mentioned, we encourage people to drop by and see us. Come look at what we're doing. Give us a call anytime. There's no obligation to be talking about your projects. We love what we do. We like to share what we do with others. And we would enjoy sharing that in any way that we possibly can. 
So we do invite people to drop into our office. We're located on San Juan Avenue across from the Roast Cafe, and we're very accessible. We're here most all of the time, and we invite folks to come in. Andrea? Well, now that we're opening up more, we are here more in the office, and I agree with Don saying that just come on by and say hi or go check out our projects. The Sky High Complex is under construction and getting nearing to completion, and uh, that's one of our biggest ones and really kind of illustrates what we can do. Andrea, anything to add? I think that some people have the perception that we're really busy and we might not be able to take on their project at this time, but that's not the case. And we're here to help anyone who comes in and walks through our door. Very good. If you're in need of architecture, planning, project management, don't look any further than Spencer Architecture Studio, LLC. They're right here in Alamosa. They're a full-service practice. They offer an awful lot, and I would certainly recommend people reach out to you. I want to thank you all for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Adam. Thanks. Every year, hundreds of volunteers all come together to help host Colorado's oldest professional rodeo in Monta Vista. Activities this year include a parade, concert, dance, amateur and professional rodeos, a carnival, rides, and so much more. If you haven't heard the great news, here it is. The Sky High Stampede, Colorado's oldest professional rodeo, is back for 2021. Now, there's a huge group of people behind the scenes that make this happen every year, and that's the Sky High Stampede Committee. To find out more about their mission, vision, and everything they have planned for this year, we got together with Eric Kimberling. Eric is the treasurer, Greg Metz is the president, and Charlie Bird, historian and, I'm told, eldest member of the tribe. I don't brag on that, but yes, I am. Well, listen, gentlemen, we appreciate you all taking the time to talk to us. And first, let's go around the table and get everybody's story. Eric, how about you? Where are you from and how did you end up in the San Luis Valley? Thanks to my mom and dad, I ended up right here in the San Luis Valley. I'm a native, born and raised here my entire life. I did spend six years and I don't have a doctorate when I was away at college, but uh, spent six years out of the valley. And as soon as I came back to the valley, as a kid growing up, I always participated in Stampede. My granddad used to drive the uh, Sanderson and Barlow stagecoach in the parade, and we always loved that. Always uh, spent a lot of time around Stampede. So when I graduated college and got married and came back, I started volunteering, started volunteering in the bar and at the concerts and stuff. In 2000, I was elected onto the committee. This would have been my 20th year, but uh, we didn't have last year, so almost there. What do you do in your normal time? In my normal time, I work a lot, or I try to anyway. I'm half owner in Rio Grande Seed and Grain, a grain elevator here in Monta Vista, and uh, when I'm not working, I love to hunt, be in the mountains, and uh, be with my family. Greg, how about you, sir? I was born and raised in Monta Vista. I'm the fourth generation farmer. We have a farm out north of Monta here. We have a potato warehouse. My great-great-grandpa started it. There's a lot of history here. There is a lot of history with all of us. What about your off time? Hobby, special interest? As a farmer, do you actually have off time? We really don't have much off time. I love watching my kids play sports. I do that a lot. We travel, spending time in the mountains, hunting, just that kind of stuff. Typical Colorado things. Yep. That is great. Charlie, good to see you, sir. Yes, sir. Good evening. How about you? Where are you originally from? How did you I'm an old native from Monta Vista, born and raised here. Got involved in Stampede as a young child. Stampede was always an important event to come to. It's just a special thing. The town shut down, businesses shut down, and everybody bring their picnic baskets and we'd come. At the young age of 16, I thought I was going to become a bronc rider, I guess, and 
I started my career as riding bucking horses in, in the rodeo. And, and then Uncle Sam come along and decided he needed me in, in my services. And, and when I come back from overseas, I happened to land here just during rodeo time. And they were rebuilding the, the arena and stuff out there and, and new grandstands and stuff. So I kind of got roped in for my uh, leave there to, to help rebuild uh, some of Stampede and then rodeoed for several years after that, but just stayed involved and then uh, eventually got on the board of directors, I think 45 years ago. Been on the board ever since and I've always had a, a strong interest. My wife and I are uh, we're ranchers. We're third generation on uh, the, the old homestead. Always felt that uh, you needed a good uh, community involvement, so this is my community service as being on the Stampede Board. What about your off time? Any particular hobbies or special interests? I like music and the mountains. Obviously with family and, and stuff, getting up in the hills with the, the peace and quiet of Mother Nature. Very much enjoy that, but when I do want to be around people, I, lo- I love the, you know going to country music festivals. Very good. Well, the Sky High Stampede Committee is the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce's featured organization for the month of July, so congratulations, everybody. And let's talk about the Sky High Stampede. What is your mission and vision first? As a mission, I think our uh, mission is to provide good quality family entertainment to the entire uh, San Luis Valley. You know, when you look back at the history of it, it was always a family event. They'd bring their picnic baskets. After they'd watch the parade, when you see the streets lined with, with little bitty kids going out to pick up candy and watching the clowns go down and then to your last bull rider going out of the chutes, uh, when you got a grandstand full of old folks right down to younger people, it's just a good quality where the family can be as a family unit and attend. Charlie, can you give me a little bit of history of the rodeo? This is the 99th year? Uh, yes, it's our 99th. We've uh, had to miss three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, started 1919 and had to skip two years back during World War II when all the young men were, were gone. And then obviously last year with the COVID, we had to miss that. So yeah, this uh, puts us at 99 years uh, in 2021. That will make next year, of course, year 100. Are any special plans for the 100th? We have lots of special plans, nothing that we're going to disclose this early in anything, but we're really trying uh, to do a lot of special things, and we got to get through this year first. Sure. And then we'll really kick things off. We'll have maybe even a few kickoff things on Sunday of the uh, rodeo this year, maybe a few announcements and stuff. Just some exciting things coming. Well, I think people are excited just for the fact that it's happening again this year. And there's a lot planned. Your PRCA Pro Rodeo is happening, what, Friday and Saturday at 7, Sunday at 2, and you have an amateur rodeo on Friday from 1 to 7. What is Friday Slack? Slack is uh, where the PRCA Cowboys, and that'll all go together where we do Slack and the amateur part of things. We're only allowed 12 entries. You're like a, a rodeo that doesn't get too drawn out and stuff, and you'll end up with a lot more contestants than you have time to run during, or they'll be entered at a conflicting rodeo, and that they'd like to go ahead and compete at your rodeo, but they might be up this afternoon here in Cheyenne tonight. And so oftentimes when we have more contestants than we got slots for during the rodeo, we'll run them during a slack on Friday afternoon. Their times and and scores count just as the same as if they uh, participate during one of the regular performances. And the amateur part of it, uh, we do the San Luis Valley participants there. The slack in the amateur stuff starts at 1 o'clock on Friday. Um, We kind of have a series there that we do with the amateurs where the top eight contestants, I believe it is, everybody that enters, ropes, we have calf roping and uh, team roping and then uh, barrel racing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then the top eight winners of that, eight through five, get to go on Saturday in the rodeo. And then uh, four through one, how they uh, timed out there, they get to compete on Sunday. And those top eight are competing for the saddle in the rodeo there. So that's, that's how that goes. And then, yeah, the PRCA rodeo, of course, we have a Friday night, a Saturday night, and then a Sunday afternoon rodeo there. So there's a lot going on just from the rodeo side alone. Just in the rodeo side. Yep, there is. But we truly do try to bring a world-class rodeo there as far as announcers, the stock contractors, the clowns. A lot of the people that you see here, you're going to see at the PRCA finals in Las Vegas come December. A lot of the same personnel. And of course, there's the big concert going on Thursday evening. Thursday evening, uh, we're always excited. We usually have a, an opening artist. Uh, this year, it's Ned Ledoux, the son of uh, the famous Chris Ledoux. He's also opening the following night in Cheyenne for Garth Brooks. So he's got quite a busy schedule. And then our main artist uh, this year is Scotty McCreary. Awesome uh, entertainer. Got a number of number one hits. Uh, I'm at a loss which show that he was on. American Idol. American Idol, yes. American Idol, where he won American Idol. So he's got some, you know, some good credentials behind him there. A great young entertainer. And you're having a dance Thursday and Friday? We do dances all three nights. So Thursday night, following the concert, we'll have a dance. And with your admission into the concert, you can go right into the dance. If you don't come out to the concert, the uh, admission at the door is $10. And then Friday night and Saturday night, after both rodeos, same thing. With your admission into the rodeo, you can come right on into the dance. We have a really good uh, atmosphere in that dance. We've got a great dance band coming out of Southern California this year by the name of uh, Shotgun Jefferson. Um, We're excited to have them for our dance band in the brand new building. So we're excited for that. And of course, there's always the big parade. And I understand it's only one day this year. I think this is the first year to just have one day. Yeah, to just do the one. And the theme for this year is On the Road Again. So that should be exciting there, too. And that's, of course, Saturday. It starts at 10 a.m. down by Safeway. It goes all the way down to Davis, turns south, and then, of course, goes all the way back down, too. So there's plenty of places to see it. And we live on the route. It's always packed. Oh, yeah. It's a great event. And, of course, the carnival, too. Something that a lot of people look forward to as well. Wright's Amusement's doing it again this year. Wright's Amusement again this year. And same thing. Johnny Ring, always a great partner for us and this community. Um, coming in, he'll uh, open up again on Wednesday evening, and that's the uh, food drive there. So one can of food, if you bring a canned food item, you can get a $25 armband that's good for Wednesday night like that. We will have pre-sale armbands for the other nights, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those are $25, and then, of course, at the door, they're uh, $30 for an armband there. They'll be available chamber and other locations in town? We will set up here at the chamber starting on the 5th of July to sell rodeo tickets, concert tickets. Those armbands will be for sale here. You can get any of those right here at the chamber. And of course, if you're looking for more information on the Sky High Stampede Committee, all this contact information will be on this podcast webpage. You can stop by, find out phone numbers, web addresses. You have all kinds of social media. You're even on Snapchat. All that information will be there. You can stop by and look for that. On those tickets like that, all of our stuff is on sale right now. You can get online and buy uh, concert tickets, rodeo tickets, any of that stuff. It's ready to go and on sale at this time. That's skyhighstampede.com. So you don't have to wait. You can get those tickets now. We are also selling t-shirts and hoodies online now. If you want to buy one, just go to skyhighstampede21.itemorder.com. You do have to get them coming before long because the estimated ship date is July 12th. 
There's only be one production of these right now, so that way we can get them in here before Stampede. And then I believe we're going to order another batch afterwards. That second batch, once we uh, open that back up for ordering, and, and this is something new we're trying this year, mm-hmm. um, once we open that back up, those won't be delivered until well after Stampede. But there, there's some great shirts on there and stuff. And again, there's links right on our webpage for that store, for that e-store, I guess is what they call it. And then there's a link on there to buy all your tickets so you can get that done pretty easily. Your website is a wealth of information. Yes. Given what we went through last year, is there anything people need to consider or bring before heading out to this year's event? A good attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And looking to have fun. We've done a lot with the county, the city. Um, They've been great with us and everything. And uh, we really don't foresee any tight restrictions. I mean, we're we're looking forward to a full house. It's an outdoor event, too. It is. Yep. Family night, uh, seniors, they're again, you know, trying to get them where the entire family can be involved and stuff. Uh, have a family night that makes it very reasonable for a family with multiple kids. That way they can have a little money left over to go to the, the carnival and stuff then afterwards. That's an, an, an important one. Seniors, I think, is on Sunday. And just uh, like Charlie said there, a reserve seat for the rodeo is $17 for a ticket. So for that family night, we've taken Friday night and uh, we've set back sections on the west end of the grandstands and on the east end of the grandstands and then everything under the sun bowl for the family night. So a family night pass will get two adults and up to five kids in for $32. And that's what we want to do is get those families involved, get them to come out. There is nothing you can do with the entire family, especially world-class entertainment like this for $32. That's dirt cheap. It is a great deal. And like Charlie said, that's part of our whole mission. Rodeo is uh, kind of a dying sport and to get more kids out there and watching it and uh, even involved is a great thing. Oh, it's Friday night, you said this family night? Friday night, yes. Thursday night before the concert, there is the Rotary Chuck Wagon Dinner. It will happen again this year, so you can bring your family out and eat. I'm not sure what the price of the ticket is for that, but you can come eat and then come to the concert afterwards. Well, and it goes to help a local civic organization right here in the Valley. Yes, correct. Excellent. Speaking of helping, the Sky High Stampede and the Adams State University Foundation, I understand, have teamed up, and you provide three scholarships? Adam State, again, is a great corporate partner with us. They've done this for a lot of years. This scholarship has helped put a lot of kids through college and help them continue their education. Requirements for it are not that difficult. We do require that you participate in Stampede or High School Rodeo or Little Britches Rodeo. We even go as far as uh, participating in the San Luis Valley Regional Fair as a 4-H member or as an FFA member. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the other qualifications, if you're not into any of that stuff, also you could be a stockholder or the child of a stockholder of Sky High Stampede. Or, to go one step further, a volunteer. We've had some kids that have volunteered throughout their life and stuff, and if you're a volunteer during Stampede in any fashion, that makes you eligible there. Another great segue, because that's my next question. If someone does want to volunteer, because again, you're a group of volunteers that make this happen every year. I'm sure you put countless hours and time and effort into bringing all this together. And it's an amazing thing you do. What if someone wants to help? What can they do? Who should they contact? Where would they start even? Well, first off, without our volunteers, this thing wouldn't happen. Absolutely. From the very beginning, I mean, people that help us set up the concert stage, people that park cars, people that help feed people, our volunteers serve beer, our volunteers uh, seat people in the grandstands. 
It would not happen without volunteers. So we don't ever turn down volunteers. Easiest way to become a volunteer is contact somebody that's on the Stampede Committee. That's the quickest and easiest way, and they can get you to it. Otherwise, shoot us an email. Leave us a voicemail. Shelly Taylor is our corporate secretary. She can always pass that information on, and somebody will get in touch with you if you'd like to volunteer. The email address is info at skyhighstampede.com. Stop by this webpage for this podcast. All of that contact information, phone numbers, addresses, everything will be on there as well. Certainly encourage people to help out, because this is a huge undertaking, isn't it, Charlie? It is. I don't know how many hundred people that are volunteers, and so many of them are historically been volunteers for years and years. We have people that come all the way from Tucson, Arizona to volunteer here. Castle Rock, uh, Elizabeth. We have people from out of town that love our event uh, where they want to come and be a part of it also. But so many of our local people, it is truly an event put on by volunteers. Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have a great group of volunteers from Albuquerque that come up every year too. Gentlemen, why do you believe local organizations such as yours should join the Monte Vista Chamber of Commerce? In other words, what do you see as the benefits? You have to have the support of your community. It doesn't matter what your event is. And by being unified, by like belonging to the chamber and stuff like that, we can help each other out. You can row your boat if you want to with one oar, or you can, uh, you know, have uh, multiple uh, paddlers uh, going along. And I think by being a unified effort and us all supporting each other makes a community of, of unity. And that's why I think people live in small communities like this is because of that atmosphere. Very good. Gentlemen, anything else you'd like to add? Eric, let's start with you. I'd just like to add that we're, we're really excited for this year. With the pandemic last year and not being able to have it, you know, we were really disappointed last year when we did have to cancel. And a lot of that was knowing that this year, 2021, was not going to be our 100th anniversary. We've looked so forward to that, but we knew what had to happen and we did it. And we have no regrets for doing that. But we're super excited to be back at it this year and get people out. I think a lot of people are really excited to just be in public again and be able to be amongst their friends and do something normal. And we're going to lead the way on that from the very beginning. When that concert kicks off all the way through the Sunday rodeo, we're super excited to bring the 99th annual Sky High Stampede. We've got an awful lot scheduled. It's going to be a lot of fun. Greg, anything to add to that, sir? I think Eric pretty well summed it all up. Just come out, have fun, be safe. It's going to be a great time. I think it's going to be a huge party going on. Charlie, what would you like to add? I'm just excited. Our concerts have grown so to bring a first-class quality concerts to a small town like this. To be able to say we've had the, the Blake Shelton's, the Thomas Rhett's, the Kelsey Ballerini's, and the line goes on and on. But to have an attendance that far exceeds the population of Monta Vista of every man, woman, and child. I look how many towns would love to be able to say they had that kind of attendance at their event. The other thing coming down to the rodeo, which is obviously the nucleus that this entire thing is built around, we are a very top quality uh, rodeo. We've been nominated four times, five times the small rodeo of the year. The top five in that nomination out of hundreds of rodeos our size uh, to be voted on by the Cowboys. It's obviously that it's a favorite for the Cowboys to come. 
and to have as many world champions as we have come to here with world championship stock, it's a very quality event to, to come and attend. Well, and again, I think one of the grounding jewels in this, it is the oldest professional rodeo in the entire state of Colorado. That in itself is huge. Lots of events, lots planned. It's going to be a great year. It's the Sky High Stampede. Certainly urge everybody to come on out, enjoy all the fun, have a great time. As you said, be safe and just relish in it all. Gentlemen, thank you all for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate thank you for it. having us. In business over 45 years and specializing in general contracting, concrete, structural steel, metal buildings, garage doors, and crane services, Alcon Construction is a premier contractor in the San Luis Valley. Visit their website for more information, alconconstruction.com. That's alconconstruction.com. Located at 12233 County Road 5 South in Alamosa. Open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. until 5 p.m. Email them alcon at alconconstruction.com or call 719-589-4084. That's 719-589-4084. Dedicated to customer satisfaction with employees known for working hard, meeting deadlines, and producing quality results. That's Alcon Construction. When you're in need of a full-service practice, concentrating in architecture, planning, and project management, reach out to Spencer Architecture Studio, LLC, located at 415 San Juan Avenue in Alamosa. Visit their website to learn more at spencerarchitecturestudio.com. That's spencerarchitecturestudio.com. Or you can email rdspencer2017 at gmail.com. Open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Call 719-696-5783. That's 719-696-5783. Spencer Architecture Studio. Beginning in 1919, the Sky High Stampede, Colorado's oldest pro rodeo, has roots as deep as the San Luis Valley. It has continued for nearly 10 decades as an annual event and is an important piece of Western history that can still be lived today. You can find out about this year's events, purchase tickets, hoodies, volunteer to help, and more on their website, skyhighstampede.com. That's skyhighstampede.com. You can also call 719-852-2055. That's 719-852-2055. Or email info at skyhighstampede.com. Come on out this year and enjoy all the fun at the 99th Sky High Stampede Rodeo. Have you considered becoming a member of the Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce? You should find out about all of the great benefits of being a Chamber of Commerce member and how to join today. Stop by the Chamber office located at 947 First Avenue. You can also call them at 719-852-2731 or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is proud to sponsor the monthly Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight podcast, highlighting member businesses, events, and organizations. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce exists to promote businesses and events in the Monta Vista area. 
They serve its members and the community at large by planning and hosting many local events, social media promotions, advertising, and help to improve community relations and communications among the residents and guests of the Monta Vista area. Their mission is to advance a sustainable business environment and improve the quality of life for the community. The Monta Vista Chamber of Commerce is located at 947 First Avenue in Monta Vista. You can call them at 719-852-2731. That's 719-852-2731. Or visit their website, montavistachamber.org. That's montavistachamber.org. And check back at the beginning of every month for another Monta Vista Chamber Business Spotlight Podcast. We appreciate you telling your friends to listen to the podcast on slvoices.com and check out our extensive calendar of events, more listings in one location than any other website around. You can help spread the word too by joining our Facebook group, SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley, and liking our posts on other social media outlets. Also check out our Instagram page for behind the scenes looks at what we do. And please, patronize our local sponsors. Remember to support the businesses here in the Valley. Most are owned and operated by your friends, family, and neighbors. We all love this area and want to see it flourish. And you can help by buying and supporting locally in your own and surrounding communities. Check back for another local podcast soon. Until then, this has been San Luis Valley Voices, a production of SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley.